I uh, titled today's message, How Much Will It Cost? How much will it cost you? How much will it cost me? I would say that the emphasis on this morning is worship. Exactly what the Lord put on my heart as soon as uh, Dan approached me on this. Thankful, Mike, you did the song Heart of Worship because that certainly pertains to it. And I also feel that uh, called upon to be a worship leader. <laughs> uh, title doesn't make you a worship leader. led me to search out things I feel like I already knew or, you know, have heard. Talking with the Lord for a long time. Never too late to step out. Certainly to have purpose of heart. And that is to run after the Lord's heart. I want to open up, uh, read uh, devotional this morning. I, I, uh, I like to read Tozer quite a bit. Can't help but constantly stirred to conviction things he has to say about when he was alive. Turns out that a lot of the books that he wrote were compiled after his death. He died in 1962. Considered a modern day prophet. I read these things. I really think that he's writing for today. Yeah, I just can't get over it because it's these things he saw things happening. In those times, like 50s and 60s, or early 60s, because he died in 63, that, wow, I mean, it, just, it really pertains to today, you know. Let me just read this, and uh, it'll lead us into uh, the study a little bit. The title today is Choices, and the scripture was from 119, Psalm 119, verses 30 and 31, and I'll read it out of the book here, I guess. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. I have stuck unto thy testimonies. O Lord, put me not to shame. And that certainly is going to uh, pertain to what we hear today. The important thing about a man is not where he goes. He is compelled to go. But where he goes when he is free to go where he will. Man is absent from church Sunday morning. Where is he? If he is in the hospital having his appendix removed, his absence tells us nothing about him except that he is ill. But if he is out on the golf course, that tells us a lot. To go to the hospital is compulsory. To go to the golf course is voluntary. The man is free to choose, and he chooses to play instead of pray. 
His choice reveals what kind of a man he is. Choices always do. I think it might be well for us to check out our spiritual condition occasionally by the simple test of compatibility. When we are free to go, where do we go? In what company do we feel most at home? Where do our thoughts turn when they are free to turn where they will? When the pressure of work or business or school has temporarily lifted and we are able to think of what we will instead of what we must, think of then. The answers to these questions may tell us more about ourselves than we are comfortable to accept. But we better face up to these things. We haven't too much time at the most. Closing little prayers. Lord, help me to make choices today that are pleasing to you. I told myself I wasn't going to make any apologies. There are any to be made, it's because of uh, me and not because of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, it has to do with unbelief in our hearts. Steps of faith and trusting Him. And it's interesting because uh, as I was driving here this morning, WZXZ has the children's thing. That would just help me to kind of stress with it. Not that I was, but. You know, just thinking in my own thoughts, and uh, as I just read, I was thinking about because I'm coming here and everything, I suppose I had the right kind of thoughts. <laughs> but I just felt like I needed some worship, you know, so I, I turned it over to 104, and, and there was a, a song playing. I'm not sure what it was, but it, uh, the, the essence of the song was about um, coming into the house of God. And I thought about you guys. I immediately just thought about we're coming to the house of God. And, and there's something about when you walk through those doors and you come in, you know, there's a peace. And there's just, you know, a rest that can, can come on, you know, and there's other guys here, you know. And, and, and I don't know for you as much, but I know for me as much, I love fellowship, you know. And that's grown over the years, you know. Um, I know, maybe not all of us, but I know I had a tendency to shy away from people, and maybe I still do at times, you know. But still something the Lord is... Uh, helping me with. But I, I do love fellowship, and, and, and the Lord has helped me become more comfortable with that. And um, certainly with other brothers. I mean, what's the problem? Well, I mean, it's like, that's what the Lord wants. You know, we're encouraging to one another. So, uh, worship. What is I was, I was looking some of this stuff up, and uh, first, what I wanted to actually just share was because uh, of the kind of world we live in, and I say, how much is it going to cost? When we look to buy something or something, sometimes, you know, some, some of us are very frugal and stuff and concerned about right down to the penny what we're going to pay. So, you know, we're looking for discounts. Are there any coupons? You know, certainly you do grocery shop and stuff, you might maybe, maybe like to love to use coupons. And it, not to make Billy an example, but, you know, I lived with them for a while when I was younger, especially when I was first saved. And uh, he knows how to use coupons. 
he, he was, you know, worked every manager department of a Wegmans and except for a manager of a store itself. But so he knew 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 stores and products and stuff. But you know, Sunday morning, you know, you get the paper and there's the different coupons and stuff, piles of them, and he would spend some time going through those, you know, and clip, 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 tons of them, you know. Oh, he could say 150, 200 bucks every week, I guess. But he just wouldn't use them at one store. He'd use all the different stores you could go to and use the specific coupons where he would get the best price. I don't know, just amazing uh, uh, organization. He has administrative type skills. So. so do we do that with our relationship with the Lord? Are we looking for shortcuts? Are we trying to find the easiest way in? Can we just fit in without necessarily having to do anything? You know, and, you know, it doesn't take an awful lot of faith, you know. I mean, it's just, sometimes it's just easy to be somebody, sing some songs, come in, go out, and, you know, then just do your own thing. I, I don't know. There's, there's a lot that can fall into that, uh, that kind of pattern, I suppose. And uh, I've probably lived that myself from time to time, and hopefully... I'm becoming to have that hard work. I found it amusing. One of the things I, I looked up was uh, what are the forms of worship in a sense, or you know, what's considered worship and stuff. So you know, I Google it, and, and, and it comes up kind of funny. What amused me about it was sometimes when you, you, you Google something and you get sort of specific for something, you know, a definition, let's say, you know. I looked up the definition of worship too with a dictionary, and then I looked at what God's definition is get to that in a minute, but um, like there are three forms of worship. I saw there are seven forms of worship. There are eight forms of worship. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? And so there were all the different sites you could go to. I, I didn't bother, but I just thought it was funny because in my understanding, which I, you know, I believe it's biblical understanding, is that everything we should do should have a heart of worship in it. Not up here singing. That's certainly a part of what worship is, especially if you look at the Psalms. But if I'm up here performing, I, I never use that word, but I'm using it in this moment, because if I'm up here performing and, and that's where my heart is at, that's not worship at all. If anything, it shouldn't really be up there at all, because that's like, um, it's not worship. <laughs> And so that's where I'm going to go now. Let's see what Jesus has to say. If I can find my little marker, I'm going to be open up to John chapter 4. And, uh, it's about the Samaritan woman at the well. And uh, I'm just going to read through part of it here, uh, verse 21. Woman, believe in me, the hour cometh, when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not. Ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh now. Sorry. <laughs> but the hour cometh now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So here we have New Testament, Jesus speaking. Must be done in spirit and truth. And that only happens with a born again believer. People in the world, 
they may be going to church every week and wanting to honor the Lord, but they're they're lacking something, and that's lacking that relationship with the Lord Christ. And that only happens through being born again. And uh, so if we're born again, which everybody here I believe is, we need to be worshiping the Lord in spirit and truth. Which is going to take me to where I concentrated in my initial part of the study and, and a lot of it to Abraham. Um, there's the law of first mention. And uh, the first mention in English, the word worship, we see it in Genesis chapter 22, verse 5. The, when God, I'm going to test Abraham. And uh, I think what I'll do is I'll start at the beginning, uh, chapter 22, verse 1. It's where we're going to go here. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Good thing. God, you know, God's calling you. Here I am. And, and listen to what he has to say. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, also the first men. And get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I would tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac's son, his son, and cleaved the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship. Come again to you. Now initially, I wanted to make this brief, because I think there can be a lot that can go into the study of worship. But uh, we're going to look and see what the Lord is saying here. This is considered kind of like the first worship session, you know. The first word here, first time the actual word worship was used. And uh, I wanted to kind of correlate what Jesus had had about worshiping spirit and in truth. And I believe the spirit side of it is Abraham's faith. Belief to act, take steps in the spirit. The other part of it to make the sacrifice. Because God has promised David that through Isaac. That was going to be the nation. The nation was going to come through him. Through Abraham, through Isaac. And I just want to share on a personal note here. This area of scripture, God is doing something in my heart. I've always been a sensitive person. And one of the reasons I think I became such an alcoholic was to become 
a man. I always thought sensitivity wasn't necessarily manly. You know? I wanted to be strong, you know. <laughs> I got beat up a lot. <laughs> I guess it's uh, quite the learning experience, I suppose. Lord trying to drag me out of that lifestyle. But I've learned that uh, sensitivity can be a really good thing. I'm becoming more sensitive than I think even that, and in a good way. Be sensitive to the things of the Lord, to have the heart of the Father and his love for humanity. What I'm trying to get to is when I've read this, this area, his only son going to sacrifice. I don't know if it's because of Lucas, maybe, you know. But I just start crying. It breaks my heart. You know, how did Abraham feel? He was doing this faith, like I said, spirit and in truth. He's honoring God, and that's why it was worship. You know why? God looks at worship as obedience. To bow down in obedience. I wanted to just share one more thing about, um, I, I, I enjoy the, the Hebrew type things and stuff. It's a Hebrew-Greek Bible, and it has references for the different words and stuff. And in this word worship, there's a marker. If, if you ever look up in uh, the lexicon, lexical aids for the uh, Old Testament, the number would be 7812. And you see that actually over, let's see, uh, in uh, chapter 18, this is an interesting area of scripture as well, where Jesus actually comes, uh, uh, the theophany appearance of God to man. And starting in verse 118, it says, And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day, and he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them. He ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground. And bowed here has the same reference, 7812. And it's the first reference of what worship is. Bowed down. And it's bowing down our will to his will. And that's what God considers worship. So that's what my heart needs to be when I'm up there bowed down before the Lord, reverencing Him. And I have to tell you, I've also, I've shared this over the years and stuff. I did some children's worship and there's some Bible studies. And people talk about nervousness, standing before people, standing before the crowd or whatever the case might be. And, you know, you're nervous about that. And believe me, I skipped school so many days for not wanting to stand before the class and do an oral report or whatever it might be that had anything to do with, you know, having to be four to class or something, I just wouldn't be there. And the bad thing about it is when you went back, they still wanted you to do it. <laughs> I'm just not prepared. So you went through more embarrassment than you would have had to if you just did it, you know? <laughs> so anyways, God has taken me from that place to, to this place, you know, to up here. And, and I learned, hopefully I've learned, and, and still experienced it, I suppose, is that... There's no need to fear man. You see that word. The enemy would want to use that again. And allow God's perfect love to cast out that fear. And the fear we need to have 
before the Lord in a spirit of reverence and adoration of who He is and what He has done for all of creation. And uh, I wrote down a lot of scriptures here that kind of cover some of those things that I'm just rattling off. But um, I just wanted to kind of make my emphasis on, on Abraham here. His obedience. Sure, you know? he made some mistakes and things. I wasn't going to make this a study of Abraham as much. More about how he obeyed, bowed himself down, bowed himself down here in this appearance, the theophany, and then when he mentioned he's going to worship, it was through obedience, bowing down his will for God's will. Trusting God. He didn't know how he was going to do it. Do you know anything of how God, what God's going to do in your life? You know, those are all questions we all have, you know. And, and the enemy can use that to, you know, stop us from taking a step forward to taking a step back, you know. And that should never happen. You should never step back. There was something that came to my mind also on the way here. And it's not coming to my mind now. <laughs> so how do we walk? A lot of talk, we were a lot of things shared up here. Things that you listen to, I'm sure. Especially for today, that we need to be out there. Proclaiming God. Certainly that can be the words of our mouth. And it should be the meditation of our heart. Always. What are our actions? Everything we think. And I found that very convicting. Especially reading the post of devotion. Where do our hearts, where do our minds think about? And when we all come together, I think that's one of the things that's most pleasing. And I think maybe why we do find rest when we come through the door, because all of a sudden, Probably the things that we're not supposed to be thinking about, planning, or whatever the case may be, somehow they're removed because we don't want to bring that in. It's, it's, it's the same thing of worshiping up here in the, in the wrong way. It's false worship. So, saw that with Cain and Abel. It wasn't necessarily what they brought, it was hard added. Abel's heart was right for the Lord. An act of worship, an act of obedience. He was bowed down. Cain was. Cain was proud of what he wanted. And I'm sure it was. I bet you it was awesome. Oh, probably the best of the best of you know, the fruits and whatever. I've kind of always struggled with it. Somehow I've maybe stumbled by it. Oh, and I've, I've heard good, solid teaching. 
So I think it's a, it's a careful thing that we need to be Where do our hearts go? We're offering up worship. When we're in here and we're raising our hands, where are our hearts when we're worshiping the Lord? Now, this might be a message for more than you guys. It's not me pointing. It's not me pointing a finger at you. Believe me, I'm not talking at you. This is for my heart. But hoping that the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart about any area that you know He wants to convict you of. The important thing is is to act on. James in chapter 1, 22, 25, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and is not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. But he looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. It's interesting, you know, when you put that together with the idea of worship, an idea of being bowed down before the Lord. Forget the mirror. Forget looking who you are. Respond more to who God is. Do you ever have trouble with worship? This is another thing that I had to share. Somebody shared with me years ago, and, and it still comes to thought, comes to mind. And it's a good thing because it's, 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 a, it's convicting. And one of the songs that's easily out there to, to ask you about and to consider these things that I've shared, uh, when we think, I surrender all. And you raise your hand. And this person who shared with me does not sing that because they're too convicted that they know in their heart they're not surrendering. Well, they, they, and another one of Tozer's things was, uh, you know, when we get up and we worship, we're all a bunch of liars. One of, one of 20, 20 sayings he, he said about worship, and that was one of them, you know. We all go in and worship, we're all a bunch of liars. <laughs> and I know what he means by that, you know, because in a sense we are. But again, it pertains to your heart, you know, and that's this is the emphasis that, that he gets to in a lot of his writings about worship. Uh, matter of the heart. It's always a matter of the heart. You know? I know you guys all know that. So it doesn't matter hearing it again and again and again because it's going to make us think about it more. And hopefully it's going to make us act on it more. To really consider where our thoughts are. What is, what is the matter of our heart today, what, this moment? Or I try to place my heart at that point. I probably am so sensitive to the struggle in my heart at that moment. The spirit and the flesh, they're duking it out, you know? <laughs> and it's like, I want to surrender all, Lord. But I know my heart of hearts. It's like, it's not happening, you know? And the only way it can happen is really submission to the, to the work of the Spirit, the conviction, you know? And 
We have to do our part. We have to do our part. It's all, all the Lord giving us the strength over those areas. And you know what? He could do it in a moment. You know he could do it in a moment. And it will happen in a moment, and that's when we're transformed. You know, it'll happen. But as time, and he gives you breath and, and days of life, it happens. But there's purpose in it for him. There's a reason for it. He has reason. And all for his good, all for his glory, for our good, for his glory. And uh, sometimes it's like, all right, just get rid of it now or clear my mind. <laughs> it's like, but uh, it, those things draw us to it. Rather than escape in, in, in the battlefield of the mind, let the Spirit, you know, says he will give you an out for every temptation. And that's it. He stirs your mind and your heart to the better. Take it. Don't brush it off. And I say that because I know I do that. I, just, I find myself at work in my own mind a lot. You know, just that's what kind of business I'm in. You wear headphones, ear, uh, earplugs, and stuff for the noise. And you're kind of working on your own a lot. So a lot of thoughts can go. And the neat thing about that is you can really enter into prayer a lot. And, and I and I. I say prayer, and maybe it's more better just conversation with the Lord, which is what prayer really should be anyways. Be comfortable with prayer. Prayer is very important. It's one of the best things the Lord has given us outside of our salvation, and that's communication with him. We have the freedom to approach him always. And uh, I would urge that. You know, just uh, get used to speaking to the Lord. You know, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Any way you would talk to anybody, you know, comfortable. God's good. He's your best friend, really. And you know he's already aware of everything anyway, you know. But he just likes to hear through his confession, supplication. It's a good thing to be uh, in prayer for others. Let's forget about ourselves and magnify the Lord. Magnify him through our heart that he has for those who are struggling with something. Know, hurting. So I'm just going to close up. I wanted to keep it brief, and I wanted to share one more thing, along with uh, one more sentence. But uh, the Hebrew word for worship, kahach, <laughs> kahach. Spelled S H A C H A H. Kaha. At the end. Kaha. It's the most commonly form used in the Old Testament and where uh, worship is used. Some great, great Psalms. And uh, I want to read uh, this one last one here Psalm 95. Probably all know it. Don't know it by heart. Read through it. Particularly verses 6 and 7. I'm going to read through it all. Psalm 95. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King, a 
above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is, are his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and, he, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down, and let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my way, my work. Forty years long have I grieved with this generation and said, it is a people that do error in their heart. They have not known my ways. Unto whom I swear in my wrath, they should not enter. So there you have it, just in one psalm, where our hearts need to be and where the Lord would have us to be and where he can care for us and bless us in the most wonderful way. Beautiful psalm, as they all are. I could have probably just read that and let it be that. <laughs> Thanks, Mike, for doing that hard worship song, because uh, we want to bring him more than a song. He searches much deeper within looking into our hearts. Yeah. I like what it says in that about the heart. Harden not your heart. And I was thinking about that also. That, I'll pray that in our closing prayer again. But break up the fallow ground of our heart. There's areas of our heart that are hard. Yeah. Even if we're not wanting to, they still resist the work of the Spirit. And uh, I guess that's what I was talking about too, that, that, that battle. Need to find my last page here. We must never rest until everything inside us worships God. Funny because we want to we want to be able to find our rest, but I think that's an important part of being able to be at peace, be at rest. That somehow we can really acknowledge that. that we want everything inside us to worship God. I think being aware of the struggle in your heart is a good thing. Causes us to draw near to strength. And Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for your word. Pray for my brothers. Pray, Lord, for the work you've done in our hearts this morning, Lord. And if your spirit has spoken to any of us in special ways, Lord. It wouldn't just uh, dissipate into the air as we walk out of here, Lord, but they would actually endeavor to to work towards those towards us. You would bring forth the fruit, Lord, through the work of your hands, through the work of your spirit, Lord, as we do draw near, Lord, as we do endeavor, Lord, to aspire to. Lay down our will. That we would decrease 